Welcome to the podcast today in space. We've got a good episode, a, a breakdown episode for you for everything that's new. We'll get into it in just a second here. Uh, but first, a little bit of business. You know, as always, you can always check us out at todayinspace.net. You can get all the links, to all the episodes, check the entire archive of episodes, see what videos we've added, content that's in there. It, you'll find every episode. Then you'll also find the places to subscribe to us in audio, either on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or most other uh, app platforms, your favorite app player, uh, not Spotify just yet, I'm still working on that, but you can also catch us on YouTube and subscribe there, you can kiss the video aspect of the show, and as always, you can get a free audiobook with Audible and a free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash todayinspace. That we've talked about in many episodes before this about all the different audiobooks that I personally use and have read and still have on my on my phone. And it's great for when you're driving. You know, that's that's the best time when you're in traffic. We I live in Boston, in the Boston area. For anyone that's not around here, uh, it, there's a lot of traffic. So it, you're going to spend a lot of time in, in that car doing basically nothing. And music gets old after a while. Throw on a po- throw on a podcast. Throw on an audiobook and level up. Like get, get do something with that time, you know. And and, and the great thing is you can get uh, your first free one and first free trial with it uh, with us. So audibletrial.com/slash today in space. And as always, if you guys want any kind of three D printing services or want to learn about three D printing more, there's also our manufacturing subsidiary ag3d which is a idea workshop that utilizes 3d printing to bring your ideas into reality so if you come with us with a model um, whether you find it on a place like thingiverse or you've got it designed or we can also design models for you uh, ag3d is available and ready to help bring your ideas into reality so we have a bunch of 3d printers if you guys check us out on instagram at ag3d printing you can check our website out at ag3d-printing.com, and you can even get a free quote uh, right through there. So check out check out what we're doing, check out more about 3D printing, and get something 3D printed in the process. Uh, that's it, guys. I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll come out with some more soon. The YouTube aspect of this will be out a little bit after the audio comes out, but we're glad to have you. Enjoy the episode. We'll talk soon. Hello, space people. Welcome to the show. Where do we start? There have been so many space events recently, especially last week and months so far. It's like you can feel the momentum in the space industry building. Let's use this episode to get everyone caught up with a rundown of the latest in the space industry worldwide. And forgive me if I miss anything, because there's been a lot. Or better yet, you can reach out on social media or by email at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com and let me know about some other amazing space news. The first chain of space events we should talk about is with India launching an anti-satellite mission. This requires shooting a ballistic missile at a targeted satellite to demonstrate the con- that the country, India in this case, can defend itself. While India was successful in destroying its intended target, it also released debris into an unexpected orbit. And why is that an issue? Well, typically, this type of thing is okay when the orbit is low enough that gravity will eventually pull down whatever debris is left so it burns through the atmosphere and doesn't disturb other satellites or objects in low Earth orbit, like the International Space Station. 
Unfortunately, it seems that the satellite destruction created debris that was not intended, and it has been tracked orbiting higher than the intended orbit, and at that time, increased the risk of impact to the ISS and everyone on board by 40%. NASA's administrator, Jim Bridenstine, had a town hall where he, asked, he was asked about this, and he's not a fan of this type of space developmental strategy because it impacts all of our orbital technologies and can make human space travel that much more dangerous than it already is. China showcased its anti-satellite capabilities in 2007, and that debris, which was estimated to entirely burn up in the atmosphere by now, is still in orbit and being tracked today. Jim Bridenstine also mentioned that if there was a chance of impact with the ISS, the station is maneuverable and can get around any debris they've tracked to be a danger. So that's good news, that the ISS should be safe from any satellite debris impact from India's anti-satellite demonstration. But at the end of the day, we have now had two anti-satellite missions by two countries in the last decade, and both times more debris was created in troublesome orbits than expected. China and India will not be the last countries developing space technologies. How many of these satellites will be destroyed and litter Earth's atmosphere, low Earth atmosphere? But in any case, India now becomes the fourth country, along with the U.S., Russia, and China, to demonstrate anti-satellite capabilities. The real dilemma seems to be, in this space race for all countries able to get involved, what are your long-term goals, and will your development in space hinder future travel by creating debris that could endanger other objects and humans traveling in orbit? Or, even worse, cause a Kessler effect like in the movie Gravity that could cause a chain reaction of debris impacting other objects like global communications and GPS satellites, and even creating more debris in a cascade of destruction. While that is the worst case scenario, even at that scale without that disaster, there isn't really a global infrastructure to track all of the debris in reality. NASA and the U.S. military do a lot of it because they have had the capability to do so, but with the new plan of putting the first woman and next man on the moon in five years, that's a lot of work for NASA to just track debris, and that could make them unfocused toward their near-future goal. And Yes, I did just say NASA is planning to send the first woman and the next man to the moon in five years. It's amazing because this announcement occurred days after I released the personal log episode on balance with science and engineering. Those same challenges NASA has today with being too science or theory heavy is showcased in how they are not outfitted to develop an entirely new system and put boots on the moon in five years by themselves. So how will they go about it? Well, to start... NASA has been well-funded to continue the SLS and Orion by the current administration. That's good. But they also are working on a plan to utilize the technologies of the various space businesses involved in human spaceflight today, and that means other countries too. One plan that was released online and during the town hall, Administr Administrator Bridenstine's plan actually, involved taking a Kerbal Space Program approach of picking different pieces of space tech to create a final launch system to bring humans to the moon. Our NASA Administrator chose the Falcon Heavy as the first stage and second stage rocket, utilizing the Delta IV's interstage, 
the European service module and the Orion spacecraft to build a solution of known technologies to get to the moon in five years without having to start from scratch. It's actually a pretty interesting idea and could work. The biggest challenge in my mind is getting all of that different hardware to talk with each other and do it well enough that the trip is safe. We don't want any glitches. According to our NASA chief, even this approach would require other details, like how do you lift a rocket that tall with the current technology at the launch pad? And the answer is you don't because it doesn't exist yet. So it seems NASA will be deciding very shortly what their path forward will be and hopefully, strategically, choose the differences, choose the challenges that the space industry today is capable of taking on. And just to reiterate, because I know I, even I haven't heard this on the news at all, but NASA is funded and planning to send the first woman and next man to be the first to step on the surface of the moon since the end of the Apollo program. And the idea would be to develop a colony on the moon and learn and grow to tackle sending humans to Mars. Since we're talking about the Falcon Heavy, let's talk about the most recent success of the rocket capable of sending humans to the moon and Mars. SpaceX's Falcon Heavy had its first successful commercial flight of ArabSat-6A, a global communication satellite that will give more service to those in the Middle East and Africa. It was the first time that all three Falcon 9s landed and were recovered. The two side boosters landed on landing zones 1 and 2, and the center core landed on the drone ship at sea called Of Course I Still Love You. Unfortunately, the center core tipped over on its way back to shore due to rough seas. The Falcon Heavy test launch of Elon Musk's Tesla Roadster and Starman only landed the two side boosters while still having a successful mission. For the most recent mission, SpaceX also successfully covered both fairings successfully using a recovery ship called Mr. Steven that uses a giant catcher's mitt of a net to catch the fairings flying back to Earth with parachutes. This is full reusability. Each of those rockets and both fairings will now be reused. And to think, until now, we used to just throw them out after one use because no one thought it was really possible. I love this new era of space so much. But that's not all. Israel attempted to become the fourth country to ever land a spacecraft on the surface of the moon, the three others being, of course, the U.S., Russia, and China. The Bereshit spacecraft used multiple orbits around the Earth to slowly grow the orbit out towards the moon and then inserted itself into orbit around the moon before making its way to the surface. Unfortunately, the spacecraft did not land successfully and crashed on the surface. But this tiny lander made it to the moon under its own power, demonstrating a whole new way to travel to the moon, as well as getting a spacecraft on the surface, even if it wasn't fully successful. There are a lot of major space successes for a small country, especially when you consider the size of the countries that succeeded before them and the resources they had available to them to get to the moon. And then we had a major space event occur thanks to Dr. Katie Bowman for developing the algorithm as well as the other scientists involved in helping the Event Horizons team observe M87 supermassive black hole, the M87 supermassive black hole event and the event horizon. We now have visual evidence that black holes 
do exist. And not just simulations of how we see particles being affected by the gravity well of the black hole we never could see. We'll, of course, dive into this topic in a future episode along with the other topics here, but this event is just the cherry on top of this year in space, and it's only April. And for me, as I'm sure for other space enthusiasts, it's a major milestone in space science to have visual evidence of black holes and the event horizon. This means we now have the chance to do some real science and figure out what they are and by proxy, how our universe works. That image is going to be the start of our search for even more black holes. Now that we know they exist and a technique of ours worked, we can scour the universe to learn more uh, and learn more about them. For me, one of the big things we could eventually get an answer to is what happens to the mass and energy that crosses the event horizon. Does it get transported to some other part of the universe or across universes to conserve mass and energy like we understand in our physics today? Or do black holes defy the laws of conservation of mass and energy that make up the foundations of our understanding of our physical reality? In a sci-fi sense, can black holes be a way to travel through space and time? I don't think we'll get there in our lifetime, but with fusion and another way to create essentially unlimited energy on board a spacecraft, I think it's possible, but that would allow us to potentially have shields or travel closer to the speed of light and perhaps go warp speed with that essentially unlimited fusion power. But all of that is speculation, and right now is a great time for it. It's fun to think and explore the new possibilities that are out there now that we have new evidence of black holes. So dream think, and explore the possibilities that can come from visually seeing a black hole and event horizon for the first time. This could be what it was like when they finally captured the image of the solar eclipse that showed Einstein was right about special relativity. So there are so many things to talk about, and I'm really excited for the rest of this year as we learn more. If you want us to cover anything specific, reach out to us at todayinspace.net, on social media, on Twitter at El Greco, that's E-L-G-R-3-C-O, for my personal Twitter, at Today in Space Pod for the podcast, and on Facebook.com slash Today in Space Podcast. Let us know what's got you excited about space this year, and what your hypotheses are for the new space race to the moon, and what the existence of supermassive black holes mean to you. Join us in the conversation. If you'd like to listen to my commentary live during the SpaceX Falcon Heavy Arabsat 6A launch, check out the last episode on the podcast. Pretty much just me doing commentary over the commentary. But it was fun. We might do more of those in the future. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well. And make sure to click the bell to get notified when we put out a new episode. This is Alex Giorfanos, your science communicator for Today in Space. Thanks for joining us. And make sure to spread love and spread science. Have a good one. That's it. End of the episode. Thank you for staying this long. We appreciate you. Spread love, spread science. As always, make sure to check us out at todayinspace.net. You can follow us on all the places we just talked about at the end of the episode, on social media, and you can check out 3D printing at ag3d-printing.com. See what we do there, learn about 3D printing, even get a free quote for 3D printing from us. And then there's also audibletrial.com slash todayinspace. Get your free audiobook. 
level up. Don't spend that time in traffic. Wasted. Do something while while you're you're in the car. Make use of it. Uh, audiobooks are great for that. Podcasts are great for that. Uh, so audibletrial.com slash today in space. Enjoy your week. Have a good one.